Hey everybody, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are on the last episode of Blackadder Goes Forth. After this, there is one special, and we are done with Blackadder. What a long, can strange I just say, trip it's been. <laughs> can I just say that I am in a really, really happy mood today, and uh, and I'm looking forward to a real exciting, <laughs> happy, joyful episode that will leave me singing. I'm sure they Black would end it on a, a really hilarious note and just save the funniest script for the very last one. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's just the reasonable thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. <laughs> Well, everyone, uh, we know what we're getting into. Uh, you probably do, too. But if you don't, buckle up. Uh, as with every season-ending episode, we are going straight into the episode from this uh, point, And then we are going to talk about the episode after this, as well as our feelings about the whole uh, fourth series. So, uh, without further ado, Jeff and I are going to queue up our copies of Blackadder, and I believe that uh, it's going to be the same deal where uh, what you want to do is go to uh, the part where you see everyone lined up in ranks, and they're getting ready to march, but they haven't said anything yet. So if you have, like, uh, seconds of, of blackness at the beginning, or, you know, maybe you have... Uh, or some kind, of, <laughs> some kind of weird DVD ad, which I don't understand that. Like, I, I, I feel like why, it, when you've bought a DVD, why do they put more ads on it? I guess so you buy more DVDs after that, but it is so insulting. They, they do it specifically to spite podcasters. I think that's the case. I, I think that must be it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with all that stalling, I'm now queued up. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm queued up. Okay, everyone. Uh, as always, he said I'm queued. <laughs> as always, I'm going to go three, two, one, play on the word play. We all hit play at the same time, and we're ready to go with the final episode of Black Edder Goes Forth, entitled "Goodbye." Three, two, one, play. We should probably have ranked the title sequences. That's a great idea. You could do that right now. Let's see. Okay, my favorite was two because of the snake. Uh, I like. I, I do like the um, the use in the third one of all the different books yeah, and, uh, and book covers. That is quite good. I have to agree. Yeah, I think I actually like the the third season's uh, imaginativity. Although the first one is actually pretty good too. Is this big epic and the big voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will give them credit. This is actually my least favorite opening of the uh, of the seasons. Agreed. They're back out in the trench. Oh my god. I miss candy cigarettes. <laughs> oh, they are the best. I used to smoke them while playing poker at work. <laughs>
fluff. I'm afraid <laughs> I don't understand your banter, sir. <laughs> Crisis slur building. <laughs> well, we're back to catch twenty two. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The way that he pronounced wobble, the plosive, is what makes it. Wobble. So you have the captain that goes bing. And thus were the Gumbies born. <laughs> could have been worse. It could have been his water. <laughs> I remember how you're... Oop! Was that a Mrs. Miggins reference? It was. And we've seen him do charades before. I'm just saying. Mm Ha, ha, ha. 
love <laughs> Laurie's face. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Emu, nineteen fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just been saying bad that would have done it in a second Perhaps a fine wine. Oh, God. There's something about Mary. <laughs> Who's this Mary? <laughs> Old yellow pages. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> the height difference between the two. <laughs> I really want his hair to go down. Ugh. The people's poet. <laughs> it's the grin. I know. It's the grin that makes it. <laughs> Again, it's all George's face. It is the people's boat, I'm telling you. <laughs> Go back to my room. <laughs> it's Morse code, you see. Polishing with it. Ah, uh, turnips.
What is he polishing with a rat? His boot? I think it's his boot, yeah. <laughs> I think this is Baldrick's longest speech in the entire series. Might be. He's nailing it. <laughs> what about the slug that you used for Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> that was dead in the episode. That's true. That's right. <laughs> oh my god That deep voice. Uh. Oh, the drums in the background. Just keep the camera on Darling for the whole thing. Yeah. Just watching his face.
like the specter of death. Walk into the light. Mm -hmm. Nice seeing him. Oh, man.
Okay. Um, we'll be right back. Well, we have just watched Goodbye, the final episode of Blackadder Goes Forth. Um, Jeff, what do you think? God, that's it's more brilliant every time I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the fact that you could do this with the show, and the fact that you know, I mean, it's not just six episodes; it's really the the culmination of everything that we've gone through with these characters, and plus the fact that obviously you know the fact that that somebody usually dies at the end of every series, mm-hmm. and to, and I mean, it's almost like I think they might. It almost feels like they started with this end and worked backwards. Um, you know that this is. I can imagine them kicking around future, uh, future years for what to do for Blackadder, and and them coming up with this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole season has been building to it. The whole episode builds to it. At first, it's just another okay. He's being funny and being being mad or whatever. But but the, you know the the real f- feelings and despair, whatever, sinks in. You know, you give the the mouthpiece to Baldrick for that big speech really. And, and George, uh, George is filling in his uh, reminiscences too of, of him being the last one. Um, it reminds me, you know, with, with Baldrick being kind of the, um, the child, the innocent, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, in comparison, it reminds me of, um, there was, you know, the, the famous episode of Buffy where, uh, uh spoilers where, uh, Buffy's mom dies mm-hmm. and, and they give it, they give the bits to Anya in this one who, despite the fact being around for so long, uh, hasn't been human again for very, very long. And so is, is the one that gets the mouthpiece of this is so stupid. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it, she gets the lines that you picture a, a little kid would have, uh, trying to understand death, a kid that doesn't, you know, that's too young, that doesn't really comprehend it. And and um, that's kind of Baldrick's role in this one, and then that kind of pulls um, pulls George in, even though George has been you know um, all all gung ho, and and even at the end, even when he's saying, you know, I don't want to die, he's still got that happy uh, go lucky attitude. But you see him get pulled in, and then of course the the bit where you even feel sorry for poor Tim McInerney, who's been. Um, you know the foil throughout this entire thing, and then mm-hmm. he gets hoisted as well. That nobody, that nobody gets uh, saved, and and you know just another bit of insanity from uh, from the higher ups. Not to mention, you know, Blackadder has enough rants on how this war began and explaining all of it or whatever. Like, I mean, you may as well nod to the camera. Bits of it are, are a little on the heavy-handed side, I suppose. But like, oh my God, brutal and 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 the cinematography. You know, the bit like I said, where where. Um, you know, you hear the drums in the background as as uh, as Darling gets his field commission, and the shot mm. as the door opens, and and the silhouette of you know may as well be the silhouette of death of him walking into the light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ending shots actually, as I understand it, they didn't have. I, I seem to remember watching a documentary that didn't have a lot of space, and so part of the reason they went in slow motion was that they didn't have enough footage for the amount of. Uh, uh, for the amount of music that they needed, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but I think that worked so well that it just you know that it goes into that slow dissolve and then the field that the field of of you know poppies or whatever at the end it just yeah still still brilliant absolutely brilliant from from start to finish it is one of the great finales of a show I think per, probably ever certainly among the things that I watch um, and. Going into this, I was prepared to be like, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to put this at the top of my ranking. Um, <laughs> just because it's, you know, so perfect and so poignant and everything. But it, it really does earn it all the way along. I think, like you said, for me, the the parts where they're all talking about kind of the madness of war and, and the, the, you know, uh, the balance of power thing. Uh, being ridiculous and and all the rest of it i think just works so well um the flow from comedy to drama i think is just so finely tuned um you know all all the moments really work um and you see kind of the brutality of general melchett (laughs) mixed with his you know stupidity i guess um, the oblivious brutality. Yeah, I mean, it's presumably oblivious. You know, it's it's hard to be mm-hmm. sure exactly how much, but just like, you know, 
or indifferent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's either clueless or uh, you know, he's he's just it's just the way he hides his sadism. It's hard to tell, but I mean, uh, all of that is just so perfect as well. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. Uh, oh yeah. The field marshal thing too, <laughs> where he's, you see him, you know, playing with, uh, toy soldiers and then just like sweeping them up into a dustpan and throwing them over his, his, his shoulder. Um, yeah, it was just a little piece of business, but that too is so perfect too. You're you're just left laughing at the jokes, but also you know feeling this thing all oh. the way through. And it's I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen you know we talked about dramedy a little while back. I don't know if I've ever seen such a finely judged uh, handoff between comedy and you know really deep tragedy uh, in mm-hmm. a show like this. Uh, you know, certainly not very often. It's interesting seeing Jeffrey Palmer there, uh, who you might recognize from as time goes by with Judy mm-hmm. Dench and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting, as opposed to General Melchett, who really just seems like the, the you know, clueless and oblivious uh, oblivious one, uh, Haig is clearly aware of everything that's going on. He's not mad. Mm-hmm. Um, so And, you know, he is without a trace of humor at all, as opposed to what we get from, uh, from Stephen Fry. So that's a very interesting contrast. Mm-hmm. between the two and to have him featured towards the end of the episode just drives that nail uh in um uh, so much more to be honest um you know that's the you know uh melch is the one we can kind of laugh at a little bit but but uh but Haig is is you know almost almost the villain at this point um and i i was going to say that you know it's funny i was thinking about other great finales and um you know uh and perhaps uh um perhaps a good comparison in some ways, even though it's not a humorous series, I was going to bring up the end of Blake seven, mm-hmm. you know, again, something that has kind of that, that, uh, perfect ending to, although this is a better finale as far as I'm concerned, but, but that <laughs> ending also, uh, um, yeah, it's, I'm just struck by the, it's interesting. Uh, if it were reversed, I would say, Oh, well, I'm sure that they must've gotten the idea from this, but of course that, that ending happened, what, eight years before this. Something, Something like, like that. that, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I, I have to wonder a little bit uh, to what extent that they might have looked to that as a way to end it, but I don't know. Um, I mean, it's not the first time they've killed off the whole cast. They did that true. at the end of the season, too. Of but course. they didn't but, do it yeah. in slow motion. Uh, yeah. Like, in like I said, I don't think they... Yeah. I don't think they were originally intending that. I think that Fair actually enough. came yeah. came out, and the, and then I think they realized, you know, in the ending, holy crap, this is great, and they end cutting to the field. Yeah, I'm not um, saying Blackadder ripped off Blake Seven by any means, but no. it is interesting the parallels between the two. Yeah, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it doesn't cut with the final crazed shot of uh, <laughs> of uh, Rowan Atkinson raising his gun. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> that would have been a weird ending. For sure. Yeah. Um, Although I would like to see a snark off between him and uh, Paul Darrow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great to see the two of them on screen together. Unfortunately, no longer possible, but I wish. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that struck me about this is that this series, uh, meaning Black Edder Goes Forth, has had to, uh, I don't know about has had to, but like I, I think has struck a pretty good balance between talking about the madness of war and the, the kind of, and being respectful, I think, to the soldiers who died in it, you know, and the, the whole mm-hmm. idea of it. But, uh, all the speeches in here about, um, the, the types of wars that the British army preferred to fight prior to this, you know, and the kind of colon- colonialist massacres and, and various, uh, other conflicts that they got into. Uh, it's an interesting note to strike in this particular one because it is, it's it's pretty critical. <laughs> it's pretty insulting. Well, all, I mean, in a way that also keep in mind keep in mind when this came, when this is in 1989. So this is like towards the end of of Thatcher. You know, mm-hmm. you picture uh, for for whatever sort of uh, reactionary uh, Toryism that I suppose was going on under her her reign. Um, you know, I, how much of that was a rebuke to this? You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, this was a rebuke to that. I mean. Um, 
So it's interesting to consider, as well as the fact that like the series has been preparing us for this, right? I yeah. mean that you know this is the ending that there's certainly Blackadder has been trying to get out of this war. There's been this undercurrent of it that builds, so it's not just building over the course of the episode; it's over the course of the season. Um, there, there was actually you know I, I've done a bunch of uh, Commedia dell'arte, and and you know that's usually humorous or whatever. We found a we found a scenario. And you know, to give you an idea, the comedia is basically just um, an outline, and then you you improv mm -hmm. stuff around the individual outline. And we found one that was actually a comedia tragedy, which seems like a contradiction in terms. But the way we played it is that it, it much like this, that it starts off funny, and it's all funny until all of a sudden somebody you know gets their head cut off actually, and like everything at that point just snaps, and the and it. All, all the stuff that's been this nice, funny little undercurrent, all of a sudden, is serious, and mm -hmm. and everything drops down as a as a result of that. And um, I, I, that makes me think of this so much. It's it's so fascinating when something goes in that direction. Like Love's Labor's Lost, <laughs> only maybe a little less so. Well, you know, there there was a lost sequel. You know, uh, uh, that, yes. that was that's our problem. The finger. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. I mean that's that's a good observation. I think. Um, it's interesting too how like all of the finales of uh, these four seasons have ended with you think he's going to get out of it this time, but he doesn't. Uh, sometimes he, well, actually, yeah, one time he does, but <laughs> and it was somebody by always dies. Luck. Sorry, right. it was by complete luck. I mean, they could yeah. have easily killed him off. Mm -hmm. it, they, you know, you could have done away with those last two minutes and had it be a more typical. Uh, ending so it's it's yeah. it could have happened but breaking the mold was more surprising but regardless oh, yeah. you know it, it definitely does end that way in a series that's all about how does he get out of this one uh it's interesting that consistently they've uh made it so well he doesn't get out of it not at the very end uh which i think is a, a cool feature of it Something I feel like, you know, to what extent, and you know, we talked about this with Blake 7 too, I suppose, it, like this is something, could you pull this off in an American series as opposed to British? And maybe you could now, certainly not in a comedy series, but I mean, I feel like with the rise of prestige TV and stuff like that, that perhaps you could pull this off a bit now, but certainly in a comedy? Mm, it is difficult. I, I'm, trying to th I'm trying to think of an equivalent. You know, the closest I could think of is... Um, Really, the well, it's not a comedy too, but I mean, again, if you want to bring up, I was thinking about Angel, for example, and the last episode ends kind of on a cliffhanger, and they're and they're pretty much in in certain death, charging, uh, doing a charge mm -hmm. at the very end, and um, although the comics have uh, continued it and sort of um, uh, undermined that, I think a little bit, but uh, yeah, could you really do that in a comedy here? I, I don't know, or, or if you did, it would be kind of tongue in cheek and uh, and. You know, haha, it would be more like, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the closest American equivalent I could think of is Slim Pickens writing uh, a nuclear bomb to oblivion. <laughs> well, you, you made me think of a couple of things. One of them is the end of The Cabin in the Woods, or Cabin in the Woods. I don't know if there's a. The... Yes. Okay. Well, you've seen this? Yeah. Yeah. It... Uh, and speaking of, speaking of Josh Whedon, Joss Whedon uh, and maybe we shouldn't speak of him right now. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, other people worked on those shows. We can talk about them. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We can respect their work. What? Who are you going to bring up, or what were you going to? Uh, no, 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 no. That because Cabin in the Woods. Oh, oh, anyway. right. Uh, well, the other one that I thought about too, and it's not quite the same thing, but I think uh, kind of the the emotional arc I think is somewhat similar as Barry. Um, I know that ah uh, yes, the first season ends in a really chilling way. Mm -hmm. I can't remember now if the second season is quite as tragic, but it, it definitely, there's some element of it I remember at the end. Like, I mean, that is yeah. definitely a series that kind of goes back and forth with it. I think it's maybe less, like you watch this and you have tremendous empathy, I think, for these characters. With Barry, you do, but it's also, there's a bit of a remove because the the situations that they're in are so mm. extreme. Like, I... You know, I, I've never been a hitman <laughs> or like had to deal with like hordes of criminals trying to kill me and that sort of thing. So that that puts it in a remove. Not that I've ever been to war either, but it's like, I don't know, there's something about it that's slightly different. Uh, but yeah, the same kind of thing. And yeah. maybe this is the exception that proves the rule because I don't know too many shows like Barry. Uh, Barry, or as I refer to it as Slings and Arrows meets Breaking Bad. Um... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, 
anything else we want to say about this one or I guess the series in general we can talk about uh, yeah. at this point. I mean, I think we've kind of alluded to it. I, I, I think this is this is maybe not a series that I enjoy as much as the others in terms of just the sheer joy of, you know, the language and the, the plots and the jokes and everything. But it it is, I think, extremely well crafted. Um, they really had it figured out. And, oh, I remember the thing I was going to say before, too, is uh, yeah. it's funny that this, to think about the fact that this was made in 1989, the historical setting and the fact that it's British and everything kind of fools you. But, you know, this was the time of Iran-Contra and <laughs> all that stuff in the U.S. Like, it was Reagan-Bush years, uh, but somehow yep. it feels like it's older, but of course it's not. So it's that's an interesting uh synchronicity as well yeah well and only uh we're only you know a year or two before um before uh the first venture into iraq mm-hmm. mm, nothing changes uh what do you think of the of black Eddie goes forth how does it fit in for you um well it's it's tough because um i, I mean I, I feel like to some extent the last episode makes the entire season better mm -hmm. like it's it's easier for me to consider as a whole than in individual episodes and yeah i mean um this is not episodes that i revisit to be laughing my head off although uh, there are the episodes are funnier than i remembered actually uh but uh um there there's something that the fact that it's a move, and I don't know, it moves me more now as an adult, I suppose, than as a as a kid. So maybe, you know, uh, maybe I would watch this more. I think than um, that in previous seasons. But um, you know, I, I still, you know, I still, in terms of ranking the seasons, and we can talk about that once we get to the full. You know, this is not my favorite season at all, but it's still solid, solid uh, work. And um, and you know, I I can't stop marveling at the end of this episode uh, mm -hmm. or, or I can't stop marveling at all the things that I notice every single time I watch this episode like some of the things I'm calling at now I'm I'm you know I noticed or I kind of absorbed a little bit now but now that we're talking about it I'm I'm um, I, I'm surfacing it um, that yeah that this this feels in some ways like a little bit more um fits in with with modern sensibilities in some ways that um uh anyways i'm raving about this episode not the whole season but uh but like i said to some extent i have trouble separating the two mm -hmm. yep i can see that um that said that said if you give me an episode of black outer to watch i will reach for queenie every single time <laughs> well you have to mm -hmm. um well, let's let's talk about that ranking then. Um, and of course, right now we're just talking about this uh, this episode, and I'm just putting it into my ranking right now. Which I honestly, the total one, uh, I don't quite feel secure about yet. I'm gonna have to look at it before our next episode. Um, yeah. which same, just, same here, just in case everybody doesn't know, of course, we're going to be watching the last special of black adder next time, which is uh, back and forth. Um, but I, I do feel pretty solid on the rankings for this series. So, um, I'll go first, I guess. Okay. I can't remember it. who went first last time. Um, I have captain cook at the bottom of mine, which I think was the first one mm -hmm. in the season. And, uh, it's, it's down there, I think, largely because it grosses me out. <laughs> um, okay, that's funny. You know, it's it's certainly as funny as anything in the rest of it, but I would watch it uh, the least eagerly just because of, you know, imagining having to consume all the disgusting things that uh, Baldrick is cooking. So that one's at the bottom of my list. So you're okay with the coffee in this episode? I'm right? not, but <laughs> there are compensating <laughs> no, factors, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your number six? Yeah, my mine is Captain Cook as well. I actually feel like the season got uh, on the whole stronger as it went on, and so the first one actually felt like the weakest one to me. Even though, um, you know, like I said, there there are literally no bad episodes of Blackadder, but um, but I, I I just yeah I don't know. It, this didn't do much 
for me. It's the one episode that if you ask me to go back and recount what happened, it's the one that I would have the least uh, ability to remember. And maybe that's because that's we watched it n weeks ago uh, as opposed to the others. But I, I don't think so. Um, so Fair enough. I, I think there. I think there were individual bits, but over on the whole, fairly, um, you know, enjoyable. But that's about it. All right. Uh, my number five is Corporal Punishment. Um, and again, I, I really enjoyed that episode. There's nothing really wrong with it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I like about it. I think it's just... The reason it's down here is because it's... it's I guess it's more jokey than the rest in the sense that it seems like everybody gets to walk in and out of that prison cell <laughs> constantly, uh, which I think is is... Like, okay, you're this is just for a joke. Like, I mean, <laughs> none of that aspect of it makes sense. But as I said at the time, I really enjoy the guest stars in it. Uh, I think it's it's fleshed out very well. And it's actually nice to see them in a setting that's not either the trench or Melchett's office. Mm-hmm. So um True. so I do like that one. It just that's just where it fell. Well, we're we're gonna have a pretty boring um commentary <laughs> here because corporal punishment is also <laughs> mine uh my fifth. Um and, and coincidentally that's the second episode of the season. So yep. that like I said, um I uh I, I agree totally with you about the uh about the setting and the guest stars. It's also in some ways a little bit of a throwback because, you know, you have um uh, shades of which Miller or Persuaven or something like that. You know, it's a blackout or gets put on trial episode, and uh, yep, um, and uh, uh, also blackadder in jail type stuff, which we we end up milking. In fact, he has another jail scene later in the season, of course. But um, uh, in, in some ways, it feels like a little bit of a nod to prior episodes. But on the whole, usually I've I've liked the prior episodes more for the most part. But um, but I, I enjoyed it, and it's definitely better than Captain Cook, but uh, not better than anything came after it, hence number five. Fair enough. Uh, then maybe to avoid total monotony, you, you get to go first for four and three. Okay, um, and I, I predict we will not be on... Uh, th- these will not be the same ones oh. um, based on uh, based on how we talked about it. I actually surprisingly have Private Plane as, uh, and, as number four, and this is the one case where I'm going out of order with the, the season airing. And it surprises me a lot considering um, considering Hello, Rick Mayall, but um, I, I feel like to some extent that it suffered from the idea of you take the character that is a great walk-on scene stealer and give him too much of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I, I could have dealt with, um, uh, with less of him in, in some way. Um, and it seems weird for me to say less Rick Mayall. That's bizarre. But um, I, I just um, I feel like his appearances in the uh, in um, in Bells, for example, works much better. Um, uh, and that said, I mean, I still enjoyed the episode quite a lot. Um, and so, fair enough. Know. Well, we did deviate here. Uh, so my fourth one is Major Star. Uh, and again, I mean none of these is bad. Like that's, what's made it so difficult. It's just like, which one do I enjoy more as opposed to, you know, which ones don't I like and which ones do I like? So major star I think is there because, um, just to pick an arbitrary reason out of the air, it's like, um, even Melchit is like, you'd think could recognize George in that getup. <laughs> I don't know. Like I look at that and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, this is stretching it for me, but I mean, who cares? It's really fun. Uh, that's just a, a random reason to place it there. It's the Clark Kent syndrome, I think. You know, it is a if bit. Clark, yeah. If Clark threw on a dress and referred to himself as Clarkina, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and cognitive dissonance. He's denying his attraction. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Uh, What's your three? Uh, my, my three is Major Star. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could easily make the case to swap the two, to be honest. In fact, if I, if I did, that would be rather interesting in my comments as a whole of the season. But um, uh, I, I don't feel like it's that much above uh, Private Plane as an example. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I, I am very happy to see that you had Gabriel Glass to return and the fact that, well, hell, that she gets two episodes this, uh, yeah. this season. Uh, although, although I will say that, like, I think that um, none of them are quite her as front and center as uh, as she was in uh, in Bell sadly but uh, um, 
but you know, she's not interesting enough. She's not the love interest in this one, and I'm actually okay with that too. I, uh, um, but I, I do get the kick out of, um, out of, uh, I guess, uh, Hugh Laurie in a dress and, and Melchit falling for her. Um, and <laughs> even though it's such a cheap old gag, it really is. Um, yeah. But for some reason, and, and I, I chalk it up to like. It would be tiresome if it weren't for the fact that it was Hugh Laurie and, and yes. Stephen Fry, and um, and, the, and they utterly, utterly sell it. Yep, uh, and <laughs> Hugh Laurie is so good at it, biting the biting the flowers. Oh God, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I adore that. Oh, okay, and um, yes, I I do like Baldrick's Charlie Chaplin impersonation. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm sure when they were thinking about the season and they were like, okay, what relevant events and characters that were around that season? And somebody came up with the idea of, of uh, you know, the little tramp and and mm-hmm. uh, and thinking of Baldrick and that sort of role. You know, you could see Tony Robinson actually trying to reenact bits of, uh, I, I can imagine him doing something like that. Yeah, I can um, too, actually. So um, I, I get a kick out of that. Well, uh, my number three is Private Plane. Um, and like you, I feel like those two are so close. They could swap. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you that there's maybe a little more Rick Mayall than that episode really should quite have. Um, but I also really like the way he plays it in that. Um, I think I, I think I've mentioned before, I kind of like him better in the role in that episode than I did, uh, in Bell's. Um, although I did like it there too, I, I just sort of feel like it was nice to see that he could sustain it in a way, um, and and sustain it in a way that I think made him a character in the episode as opposed to like this mm. this wrecking ball coming in and uh, almost literally you know blowing a hole through it. Um, but also, I think it's just a fun episode. It's got Adam and Sin in there, so that's nice too. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the fact that we have a nice little square off between the two of them, which plays mm-hmm. out of something out of out of a certain scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does a bit. Uh, but um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it, but but I agree with you again that, you know, those two are really, really, really close. Um, so yeah. Um, I feel like I know what our five and six are. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, or I mean, our one and two. Yes. So uh, let's just say them at the same time. Uh, number two is General, General Hospital. Hospital. <laughs> yes. You can edit this later on. So I, I, you know what? I don't want to be dishonest. I, it will will let people enjoy. It. We are actually somewhat close, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, we raved about it just one episode ago. I don't think we need to go into a huge amount of detail, but uh, but well, yeah, that one. I, Oh, go ahead. I mean, it's. Well, I was gonna say, you know, it's interesting that that one too is not the funniest episode um, at, mm-hmm. at all. Um, and and in that case, it was the fact that, you know, unlike the last episode, it's not like this one was particularly poignant. It was the fact that it was a well put together puzzle box, for lack of a better or better word for it. That it was just there. There was something about how that was scripted that wasn't a series of, of gags. It was the story itself was kind of compelling, even mm-hmm. and even when you could see where they were going with it. Um, and the fact that uh, I marvel at that. I actually, if you would ask me beforehand where this would be in the season, I would have put Private Plane at number two and General Hospital at number four because I remember that. Well, this is the one where Miranda Richardson is not nearly as uh, as entertaining. And and <laughs> on the other hand. Um, she was more entertaining than I remember. I, I um, you know, she plays it much more, uh, much more of a straight character. It's not a broad character, but there's still a lot of brilliance to what she does, and I don't mm-hmm. think I really appreciated that before now for this. Also, I remembered her being in the episode much less than she actually was. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think she's fascinating to watch in that particular one, um, and it is much less over the top than say Amy and Amability, which is not a knock on Amy and Amability. It's just a different approach to it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I found that one fascinating as well. So it definitely stood out for me in a season of, you know, these are all very funny. That one had some interesting turns that I was not expecting. So yeah, that's where it was. So I guess our number one is goodbye. And of course, we just talked about all the reasons why. And, you know, like I said, I didn't want to put it at the top, but I, I think I have to. It's just uh, perfect. 
really. Yeah. Let, let's enumerate all the reasons all over again. <laughs> just everyone just rewind and listen to the last uh, about 20 minutes or so uh, again. And you'll, you'll know why we have it there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about uh, Black Heroes Fourth? Oh my God. I feel like I've said, um, I've babbled quite a lot actually on, on this one. So I, I feel, I feel good about it. Yeah, I do too. Um, this is a great show. I mean, I think one of the reasons it's really tough to rank is that it's extremely consistent. I mean, when you have six episodes a season, hopefully they're well edited and crafted and everything. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's very consistent. Like I look at the last few, on my list, I'm like, well, I would still stick most of those on and, and be entertained, uh, just slightly less so than all the other ones. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about that full ranking, I think, next time after we watch Back and Forth, which will also have to somehow fit into the ranking. And I, uh, I remember next to nothing about Back and Forth. Like, I think I remember, I, rem- <laughs> I remember a table. He's at a table. Talking to people. That's the only thing I remember about it. You don't even remember the basic plot? No, not at all. Even why Even why it's called back and forth? I mean, I assume it's time travel, but I don't remember how that plays into anything. Okay. Like, I think I, a lot uh, of the things that were in um, uh, Christmas Carol were things that I had remembered being part of back mm-hmm. and forth. So now I'm just totally in the dark. I, I have my theories... Or my, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I, I have my theories as to why it occupies the place in the canon that it does in my head in terms of what I prefer and where it succeeds and where it fails. And in particular, in particular with regard to Christmas Carol, because as a special and as something that looks over different time periods, it's uh, there. There are two things that compare uh, very much so, and and um, and I, I know why one, I, I know why one. Uh, occupies a different space in my mind than the other um, and I'll save my comments on that until we get to it gotcha okay well um, I guess nothing really remains but for us to say uh, goodbye on this one and get ready for the special next time Um, of course you can get in touch with us uh, at Starship Warlock you can uh, leave out the podcast in the middle and it's just that's our Twitter handle um, and, uh, you know, we're very, very close to, uh, flipping the number on the season of this podcast. Um, it, you know, when we come back with season three, it'll be a completely different show. Uh, and if you have ideas about what that show should be, we still would like to hear from you, even though I think we know what it's going to be. Um, very true. <laughs> So uh, we'll sign off for now and, uh, and talk to you next time. Uh, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.